there is only one war that matters, the Great War. And it is here, hell yeah, it's here. Jon Snow, Aegon, Targaryen, Mad King, whoever the hell you are. Welcome everyone to a special and final episode of our Game of Thrones instant reaction. Not as instant as we'd like. We're coming to you live Monday morning. Uh, we do. We, hey, we had a big day yesterday, fellas. <laughs> okay, we had a roller coaster day. We talked about Redskins, um, saw some dragons breathing out, uh, whatever the hell that that they breathed out at the end there. Just a crazy day. So we got a lot to talk about coming here uh, Monday morning after the season finale of Game of Thrones season seven. We got some uh, regulars in the house. We got FP coming off of a big weekend himself. Welcome, FP. How are you, buddy? <laughs> What's up, guys? Good to be here. I was, uh, was hanging out with him on Saturday night at a wedding. Had a ton of fun over there. And then, of course, always bringing up the rear, the caboose. Uh, none other than Joe. Uh, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Um, but I was super disappointed about last night's show. I, I think I'm the only one. Um, but uh, Game of Thrones, man, the, this season was a drop-off. And I, I'll when you give me the opportunity, I'll explain why. I know. You, you got some hot takes. All right, let's, let's go through this uh, kind of scene by scene because we don't want to miss anything. And uh, a lot of action last night. It was a, a hour and a half, almost feature film. It felt like uh, it was, I think, about 84 minutes of actual time. So the episode starts off with uh, the, the the Unsullied with Grey Worm, a little uh, kind of shot of Grey Worm with his army there and staring down Bronn and Jaime. Jamie, and uh, Bronn and Jamie then start off with this whole, you know. Men without cocks, right? Is it, <laughs> I don't know if I can What's say that, there but, to uh, fight for? Yeah, yeah. Is, they're really talking about kind of the uh, the value of a cock and and you know some deep stuff. Uh, and then of course, uh, speaking of cocks, the un, the uh, uh, the Dothraki show up. And anyone take away anything crazy from this? It felt like kind of one of those random scenes that was kind of thrown in there. At, what did what did what did anyone take from that? Uh, I mean, it's definitely just uh, Danny flexing her army. It's the first time Cersei really gets to see all their power, right? I mean, it's kind of, it's like, hey, I've arrived. You have to at least semi-respect me and what I can bring to the table. And so. sorry, I was a little confused. That was not King's Landing. Was that King's Landing or Highgarden? No, that was at no, King's that... Landing and some something called the Dragon Pit or something, which I think we've only seen once before. Um, but, uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, it's, this isn't a hot take, but the first thing that, that threw me off here is like, they're all coming from the same place for the most part. Why are they arriving at different times? And my hat's always going to be off to Jamie. This guy, this guy as a character, I mean, obviously as an actor, but as a character just continues to deliver like high end performances because he sells, he sells the unsullied look we can maybe take them like sizing them up um and that exchange obviously like you just said with braun but then the dothraki show up and he again he's like well damn i saw these guys on the battlefield already like he he sells it um but the timing is just so weird and it's it's something we've seen from from thrones now for this entire season um where in in previous years it takes an entire two episodes three episodes a whole season to get from one place to another now things are just happening um you know seemingly like we're just skipping huge chunks of time so why are the Unsullied arriving at a different time than the Dothraki? You could say well, one's coming from Highgarden, one's coming from wherever the Lannister's castle was, maybe. But um, you know, it, it to me it was just an opportunity for Jamie and 
Braun to have yet another exchange, um, sizing up an opponent. Not really much else to me from this, and and I we mean, don't see them again. We don't see them again for the whole episode. You mm-hmm. can't you can't bring up semantics in a show with the walking night people and dragons and I mean, okay, it's it's timing, but you don't. There's so much for them to cover that they're not gonna. Yeah, yeah I get it. Emphasis. I get it. I get it. But and I, I think I think the the writers of the show basically have punted on this idea of this is like the most realistic time experience, travel experience. And basically, they're saying there are larger elements to the right. show than they know. They know what we want to see. Exactly. Because uh, if it was the other way around and we had to spend time watching, but it's getting sloppy. I mean, this is not stuff you would have gotten from this show season in seasons not, past. But it's also getting to the end. I mean, it's, it's you're working with a limited resource. They're, they're also time. they're also ahead of the books now, right? So the there's more creative uh, creative control, if you will, within the hands of HBO, sure. and like we're seeing it. But it's in some cases, like some of these battles that we've seen this year have been awesome. But in other cases, the story's gotten a little bit uh, a little bit sideways. And this is you know I, I, that's a I don't want to get on a tangent, but from that opening scene, not much learned except Jamie respects the the Thraki. And isn't so much threatened by the unsullied, and Braun well, isn't either. Right, and and the other thing that I took away is Braun is a fascinating character in the sense of uh, they save a lot of the dialogue for Braun. I mean, you saw this on the walk to the great meeting yeah. uh, in, in the Dragon Pits with him and Tyrion. Braun is is kind of this very lovable. He'll sit and talk to anybody. He'll talk to Jamie. He'll talk to Tyrion. He'll, you know, have a line for Podrick you know, as he's walking in. He had so many good lines. He had a great, he had a great exchange with Tyrion in the, you know, in the next, uh, in the next what, in like three minutes later, yeah. on the walk, and Tyrion's trying to hit him up and basically saying, uh, uh, you know, whatever they're paying you, I'll double it. You know, classic, you know, Tyrion type thing. And and Bronn all of a sudden is a change of heart, right? He's not a mercenary. All of a sudden, he's got people calling him my lord, and he's yeah. falling well, into favor with uh, with the powers that be. Well, you really wonder about Braun's loyalty right now after we saw Jamie go where he goes at the end of, uh, of the episode. So, you know, Braun and Jamie are really a package. So it'll be interesting to see next season. Well, but, Braun and Tyrion uh, were a package at one point. Exactly. He's exactly. kind of like the, he's Braun, making his rounds. Well, he has no loyalty to Cersei, is all I'm saying. He's, he's, That's he's fair. never had a relationship with Cersei. Um, okay, so then next scene, you were talking about people arriving at different times. You see the. Uh, ships with Tyrion and Jon Snow and uh, Ser Davos, Missande, and uh, the Hound, and they are arriving at King's Landing for obviously the big meeting uh, with Queen Cersei, and the Hound uh, then goes down to... The Hound is a curious uh, fella. It seems like he doesn't like to leave things uh, uh, you know, un- undone. So he goes down and taps on the crate, and that... that white or whatever just scares the hell out of, of me and, and I assume everyone watching. Um, so that, that was interesting. Uh, Terry and John are obviously arriving for the big meeting and then they cut to Cersei. And I don't think I've ever heard Cersei speak to the mountain. I mean, obviously he doesn't speak, but uh, I've never even seen her acknowledge uh, him in the room and she has a conversation with him. It's Which, definitely the most she said to him. Yeah, yeah in a yeah, long definitely. time. Mm-hmm. She's giving him instructions on who to kill, and of course... The order in uh, which to kill. Yeah, and obviously the, the first one that, that she wanted dead was uh, Danny, was Daenerys, and uh, with, with uh, the other guys to follow. So 
Then we get to no. Hold on, hold on, because you're, you're sleeping on something here. Because the I'm, the I'm, the lead up was actually the the best part of the show for me. Um, the 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 walk, all these characters finally either reuniting or reemerging, all in the same place. That long walk. That was the best seven minutes of the entire episode. Everybody's got a little, like you said, Hound has got some one-liners for Brienne. He's got a couple of thoughts for Tyrion. He's got a couple of thoughts for Braun. He's got thoughts for everybody. Um, and his exchange with with uh, Brienne in particular about about his former friend, then enemy. Arya. Yeah, that was awesome. And then uh, uh, you know, I, I talked about this, you know, a few minutes ago. Tyrion basically trying to bribe Braun back to his side of the, you know, to, to his. Um, uh, alliance, if you will, or whatever, or amongst his allies, that goes sideways. But there's a mutual respect there. Like everybody's, uh, these these are characters we, in large part, actually, even Brienne and Jamie, like um, they obviously have an exchange after the meeting. But all of these characters, all of all of a sudden, converge. All of the storylines, everything comes together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that I thought that was honestly that was the best part. It was the best stretch of the episode. I know there was action elsewhere. But this is where you finally see the characters, who they are, where they've been, all kind of melt into one another with this attempt to find a middle ground um, in the face of yeah. you know the threat that's coming. So uh, I-, I loved this part of the episode. No, no I- I'm with you. And I think uh, I almost liken it to the Jon Snow Daenerys meeting where something you've been thinking about kind of watching unfold for years now. I mean, literally years, six six. Uh, you know, years, seven seasons. So uh, something you've been thinking about and, and looking at for years, all of a sudden, boom, it's right there. Yeah. And it's right in your face. And all of a sudden, Cersei and Daenerys are sitting in a room together. And all of a sudden, Jon Snow, who's been in the North for so long, is sitting in the middle of the dragon pits in King's Landing, something that, you know, we didn't see a Stark, you know, in, in power in King's Landing after season one with his dad, so, uh, or, or Ned Stark. So, it's just insane, and I love the 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 setting. Okay, that kind of Roman Colosseum look. Mm. Did anyone else think, FP Joe? Did anyone else think there might be an ambush there? Oh yeah. They, they almost. I felt like they were kind of setting it up. No. There. The, the, the whole the whole episode, you could tell that the writers were. I mean, because there's another scene, obviously, with the sisters, but the whole episode, you can tell. The writers are just making fun of you and not making fun of you, but tormenting toying us. with you, right? Yeah, tormenting definitely. us, right? They're like like but like they were saying, they've given us so many times in previous seasons where if you think to yourself, there's no way they all die right here, and then they die. So that's why they have the power to do the torment that they that, that they're doing to us now, because we've fallen for it before and we've actually See, we've all had those shocking moments. Well, and and in the previous scene, we see, like you said, Steve, we see Cersei talking to the mountain and telling him the order in which to kill people. This is a right. this is a lady who blew up everyone at the end of last season, right? Uh, with that that green goo, I'm blanking on the name all of a sudden. Wildfire. Yeah, so she's this is in her wheelhouse, right? Have the Lannister armies basically, you know, stand up on the outside of this coliseum looking thing and and just take out everybody. Um, but the X factor obviously is Daenerys who's missing. And, um, again, the timing is just so weird. Like in theory, she's coming from wherever she's coming on an airplane. Basically, these other guys are all walking and it, it's just, again, it's just kind of, I know. I think, whatever. I think that one was, I think that one was an, an on purpose. That's why they, they called it out. The, that was an on purpose. She came late 
I think that was like a flex of power. Like, I, well, I don't think I don't, she meant to be late, and that—that's the problem. I think she was like, I think the writers are trying to tell us that she's coming from somewhere else and just happened no, no, to arrive no, no. three minutes after no, everyone I think, else sat I down. I think she was. I think she was definitely meant to be late. She wanted and, everyone to see the dragon. Okay, well, but, what good would it be if but the dragon it, if that was the case, like this is another oppor- this is a missed opportunity in my opinion, and I, I've seen a couple people call it out. Why not show the people of King's Landing look up in amazement or in shock that there is this because that's, that's crazy that's dragon too thing Superman. flying around? That's too super. No, but it, but it, but it introduces another element of can Cersei control her people in the face of what now that they see that the threat is a dragon or two dragons? It, it just it was a missed opportunity. That, that's all I'm saying. But like, why the, not show the, the people in their the, panic? The point of the show was that the threat coming from the north is the threat, and these people are the ones that we... Nobody cares about the people of King's Landing. They're scum. They're all homeless. So she says it herself. She's like, they'll probably be better off as the undead than just living in King's Landing poor. I mean, she she joked about it herself, so nobody yeah. cares about the people. All right, so she shows up, and we then are. and the hound goes yeah, and gets the, the crate. Well, well, before that, okay, you talk about sleeping on something. We are sleeping on Euron Greyjoy, okay? Yeah. I, I was crushed there for a second. I thought that I had seen the end of Euron Greyjoy. Okay, really, you talk about the balls on this guy. Okay, you have two, you have two queens. You have a king of the north, and who opens up the meeting is Euron Greyjoy. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, and then of course he gets slapped down uh, by every single person. Basically, tells him to shut up and sit down, and uh, so he gets out. And then, then you get the the Clegane bull. Is the hound just walks up to the mountain, and he said you're uglier than I remember, something <laughs> like that. Uh, so then, both, there, both extremely ugly. Yeah, there's these kind of weird one-offs, which of course, like to Joe's point, a little bit sloppy. Where they're almost like, okay, the hound needs to leave to get the white, so let's come up with a way for him to walk out of the, the thing without just walking out. So, okay, go insult your brother and remind yourself. Euron, well, of course, I was, after the episode, we know that there's a whole plot there. Euron needs to start the plot. So what do we do? Let him mock uh, Theon for a second or whatever. Um, so, you know, that all gets out of the way. And then Jon Snow, of course, uh, delivers the line, which I opened uh, this podcast with, is there's only one war that matters, the Great War, and it is here. And obviously nobody is convinced of that. And uh, so the Hound comes back with the white and he lets him go. And that's a pretty cool 15 seconds. Uh, everyone everyone I, enjoyed I, that. It was, another, it was another torment segment where you're like, did the thing die from the boat to, to the dragon pit? Because they just let it sit there silently. Yeah. And it, like one touch from the hound earlier, the thing goes off, the, the undead goes off, and then and then it takes his time, and then you're like, crap, did the thing die? Like, did the whole thing just get screwed over? But my one problem with it, and this is going to go to Joe's thing again, unfortunately, about the sloppiness, is what are the chances that the hound puts the undead down at the exact place that the chain is long enough that it doesn't mm-hmm. eat Cersei's face? Like, come on. <laughs> like... The and, chain and, was and, the exact length. And I mean, and how did it know to attack Cersei, right? I mean, it would have been right, just as dramatic right. if they let him out and he was thrashing in a, in all the directions on a shorter leash, so to speak. Uh, I mean, I didn't care so much for that either, but it, 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 I mean, this whole effort was to prove to her specifically that these right. things were real. 
So, you know, I, I'll kind of give him a pass on that. But the, the rest of the exchange there was was awesome, right? And and it basically turns into, um, again, Jamie really selling this, like... Because he's seen... Jamie's seen the dragon. He's seen the Unsullied. He's seen the Dothraki. And now he's seen the, you know, a member of the army of the dead. He's He is the only sane person that the queen is... that That his queen right now is listening to. He sees this and he's immediately like... In, I, I mean, we know what happens, but he's immediately shifted and said, yep, this is this is where we need to focus. Um, obviously, you know, Euron gets up and does his little poke thing and, you know, not sloppy of the writers is the guy with the boats basically saying, can they swim? You know, very clever, yeah, right. very clever zing. And then John says, no. And he just had firsthand experience with them in the freezing water of wherever they were. Um, and basically he says, yep, I'm out of here. And we know the twist later on. But for, for the 30 minutes that follow until we get the close out of that loop, you're really left thinking, well, okay, the Iron Fleet is basically going to retreat and just wait until everybody kills everyone else because these things can't swim. Um, but the, the Well, twist, the best was his zinger. At the, the zinger that when he's walking out and talks to Danny, and he's like, go back to your island. I mean, yeah. I, was, that him, was that him hitting on her? Kind he's of? just like, looking to get it in, yeah. I mean, yeah. He's a he's, he's a, a, a one trick pony. I, I, yeah. Hey, I was going to say that joke. I didn't want to put you on blast. Okay. Uh, it's okay. If you can't me, close man. the deal at a wedding. You can't close the deal. Um, but the the one line you know that 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 Cersei obviously hits John with is, um, you know, okay, I like I'll accept your truce. Looking at Danny, and then she turns to John and says, "King of the North stays out of basically the uh, the bitch fight that's going to follow," and he's like, "I can't do it." And but why, 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 why did she say that, Joe? What, what, what was the significance of that? Jon Snow's army is nothing compared to the Dothraki and the Unsullied. What benefit was that to her unless she must have thought they were in love or something? I think she People may really know. Want. I think she may know what we all find out. That, no, because, no, no. There's no way. Why not? She know, she know, well, look, like you said, she knows everything that, like, that goes on. Like she, she seemed hey, to don't have... Get me wrong. I love my girl, but it's I, possible, I she, right? It's possible that she knows that there's a that maybe he's not a bastard. Like she, she may know that she may she may not know the full story. Only, only I, I was thinking she may know that they're in love because of the little birds. Oh yeah, okay, okay. And I think I, even less than that. I think you like Cersei is all she, she's basically just a military general, all about strategy, and in her book. Or in her mind, she's looking at just the players on the field. And she's like, me versus this girl, very even, regardless of the strength of her army. Me versus this girl plus Jon Snow, right. who everybody loves. She knows that everybody loves Jon Snow. She knows that the North right. is all about uh, the Starks and all of that. So She's also sandwiched she between wants- them, right? Like, so, like, she knows right. Danny's coming from the South. So if the King of the North is going to march south himself and the, like if if danny's marching north and john is marching south she's got a, a two war a two front right. war so maybe that was mm-hmm. part of it too but ultimately the, strategy ultimately the takeaway is john says i can't do it um because i'm, right. I'm trying to get it in with my uh with with danny over here with, and with and everyone suit. promptly turns on john with Tyrion delivering maybe the best line of the episode he's like have you ever considered lying you know just basically yeah. saying like hey like well, could you not see we were so close to getting what we came for well do, do you, i don't know if anyone else caught this but the parallels to season one with ned stark 
And if he would just lie, yep. and, and that's actually what Cersei said, is just play the Game of Thrones or you die. And if you would just lie and, and keep this to yourself and forget about John Aaron. And I mean, we're talking, you know, six seasons ago. And, and if the Starks slash Jon Snow would learn how to lie, we wouldn't be in this mess in the first place. So everyone would be a really boring fun. show if that happened, huh? <laughs> it would be uh, not as fun. Yeah, we'd be watching incest. Of every <laughs> um, but speaking of, of brother sister things, you then get um, what I think is one of the best scenes that that I've seen from a dialogue perspective is Cersei and Tyrion, um, and you talk about a long-awaited. It's her character. best scene yeah. of the season. Yeah, I mean this. I think it's this, Tyrion's best scene. By maybe, maybe both. Well, this takes me back to Tyrion when he was on trial and he stood up and, and after Shay had uh, testified against him and he just went on this rant against people's beautiful acting uh, by Peter Dinklage. But um, yeah, you get you talk about a reunion. I mean, this is the reunion that nobody really wanted to see compared to the reunion in the North with the Starks. And they go back and forth and they're just digging up just every awful thing that happened to both of them, the murders. Uh, of their children, of their father, of their mother, how Tyrion is basically involved in the murder of every single person that Cersei loves, uh, either directly or indirectly, including her father and mother, uh, Joffrey, who now everyone knows Tyrion did not kill him. Um, But they just go back and forth. And the two most poignant uh, moments of this is when she nods I thought she had given the order to the mountain to kill him by nodding, but I didn't. I didn't. Oh, I'm, I'm mixing that up with Jamie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm mixing that up with Jamie. Yeah, Tyrion. Uh, Tyrion has this like dramatic, like just do it, like this moment of extreme self-realization that he should die, uh, or to her right. f- from her perspective, right? Because he goes on, like you said, you know, I'm the reason this happened and this happened and this happened, and then you know, music breaks. He doesn't die you know, his, his, his nuts drop and then he goes and gets himself a drink and then the scene kind of progresses and, and really the, the the masterclass dialogue here is with the, is post the first drink, right? He pours himself a drink, then he pours one for Cersei, puts it on the on the, on the the desk or on the table or whatever and then they, they continue this, this kind of back and forth. You know, it doesn't seem like she's forgiving him by any means but clearly she's, all, all of a sudden she has a soft spot for him whereas for seven seasons now she's wanted to kill him and wanted nothing to do with him well she has the opportunity to do it now and she says no well the 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 biggest thing with that is the entire dialogue um basically shows that cersei's not a queen she doesn't care about her kingdom she doesn't care about her people she'll kill whatever needs to be killed she is all about um self-survival and her family that's it that's all she cares about is her family her kids her survival, no more kids, but now she has a kid, so now she's back to only caring about herself, doesn't care about the power, doesn't care about Tyrion anymore because he's basically not her family. So that whole dialogue just shows that Cersei's not a queen, she's about surviving. Who, who End of story. impregnated her? Oh, here what comes a think? hot take. Uh, the, well, it can only be one, it's only one. It's it, Jamie or, or Euron. Now. We saw her in bed with Jamie, and she told the. Person we saw her also sheets. tell Euron, "You will have what you desire." When he brought back Yara two episodes previously, 
Joe, Joe, she gets pregnant. She gets pregnant by Jamie and then marries someone else. She did that with Robert Baratheon. I understand, but thing. isn't it possible that this is a reverse of that? That that Euron actually, it's Euron's kid, and that's why Jamie's expendable. Isn't that possible? There's nothing. There's nothing to show. Did I just that blow your minds. Her... Yes, I did. No, but there's no, nothing no, to show that. No. FP at a wedding blows my mind. Okay. <laughs> Well, so what happens? I don't happens, know why you're so surprised. So <laughs> they don't they don't tell us what happens, but what what could uh, Tyrion have possibly said to Cersei to get her to reconsider her position? Or was this just another right. play from Cersei? Well, 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 he he said that she started believing him when he said, "It's not my goal to destroy this family. I I wanted to protect this family, and I tried to protect this family." And so that's kind of when she grabbed her stomach. And let him know, like, there's something else to protect here. Uh, so right. if you really want to protect, you know, you may get your chance kind of thing. Uh, so, and, and, and to be honest, Tyrion has always, you know, tried to protect. I mean, the, the, the Battle of Blackwater, he's the one who saved the Lannister uh, army. He's the one who saved the family. He's always tried to be loyal to the family, but he's never been accepted by the family. So the question is, if he ever were to be accepted by Cersei and by the, the powers uh, of the Lannister family, he would protect them. His loyalty is to his, his banner, to, to that, that, that family. So, um, Is he a double so anyway, agent? Do you think he's working both sides? I think he has loyalties to, to, to the Lannisters. I think he has a great love for his brother. Uh, and I think family is such a big deal in this world. We don't really see it, right? Families in our world are dysfunctional. We can't stand our families, drag away from our families. Family is everything in this society. So for someone to turn your back on your family is very, very difficult. Uh, even, I mean, look at everything that Tywin Jorah. did. Look at Jorah. Tyrion. I mean, Jorah or Samwell, there, there's so many characters that exactly. are uh, right. been shown. Exactly. Sure. So let, let's go, okay, let's just kind of put a bow on that. They finish the meeting. They go back to the dragon pit. And then the great truce is created. Cersei says, okay, we'll put a, a hold on everything, and my armies, the Lannister armies, will come and fight uh, the army of the dead with you. And everyone is happy, clappy, everyone is at peace, and everybody walks away from that. Let's go to Winterfell, okay, because some, some stuff went down in Winterfell where they cut to Winterfell for the first time. We see Sansa and Littlefinger sitting together discussing, and Sansa has a raven uh, a note from a raven in her hand, which is basically the summary of Jon Snow's time in Dragonstone, saying that now uh, she's uh, they're in alliance with the Targaryens and they're going to be fighting uh, together. And Sansa doesn't really know what to do with this because she's a little bit. Jon, if we think about it, is only a couple episodes ago. Jon's travel to Dragonstone, there was no, there was nothing to be talked about a political alliance. He was going for. Uh, dragon glass, and that was it. And he would get the dragon glass and return. So this is totally out of left field. Sansa hasn't seen everything that we've seen uh, over the past couple episodes. And Littlefinger, in typical fashion, throws John under the bus and says he's turned Boring. his back. And then we'll get to Arya. All right, fine, jump in uh, with Arya. I mean, tell me that scene with Littlefinger talking about think of the worst possible motive for someone to do something. It's so boring. And didn't care. They're crazy. Didn't care. Sansa, what? Joe. He, Littlefinger outlived his usefulness two and a half, epi like two and a half seasons ago. 
But that's why they had to do this. Everybody needed to see the scene that was following. No, I know, and, I know. And, but he went from but, being, at the beginning of this episode, the guy that, like, really was pulling strings everywhere into somehow, like, the commander of the Vale armies. It just, it, this, his, his right. plot no, got no, the no, most no. sideways I, out of anybody. I, Goodbye. I agree with that. But, but when you're the writers, you have to find a way to kind of make him relevant again and then get rid of him. Okay, because when was they, the last time he was relevant? Him. FP, when was the last time he was relevant? When he uh, killed the sister. The second season The mom five. sister. Yeah, that, exactly. He, he, he's, he's been irrelevant for a very long time because okay. the entire North has been irrelevant except for the kids trying to survive. But now that the North is back together, he's kind of... No, but that, that, that scene was relevant, Joe, because you weren't sure about Sansa's true loyalties. Right. You weren't sur- sure about how evil she could be. I mean, they had been... Uh, teasing us that she can be evil and she can be misguided. And so, you know, essentially be a Cersei of the North. Yeah. And everyone, uh, I thought that there was a potential that she could try to turn on everyone. So you talk about boring the next scene with Theon getting kicked in the, uh, that that, nobody cares about that. Come on. They should have let him, they should have, no, they should have let him, they should have let Theon die with, a little honor on the beach. Like he was trying to make it right and he died. That would have been a fitting end to his story. Yeah. I mean, the only thing we learned is that if you get your, 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 your penis chopped off, it doesn't hurt to get need. There. Apparently. <laughs> well, that, that, well, apparently it also back. gives you a surge of energy to headbutt somebody. <laughs> <laughs> well, that goes back to the conversation we had in the beginning of the season was, was it the twig or the berries when, when, um, when the Unsullied was getting it in, was it the twig or the berries? Did 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 he lose everything, and that's why he gets need and doesn't hurt? Uh, apparently, I feel like there, if, you have, an if you have one of, if you have one of the two and you get need, it's still gonna hurt. But no, if I you have nothing, Euron got, or not Euron, um, uh, Theon is. There's nothing. We already know that. We know that from uh, nothing. Nothing. No yeah, twigs. No. Bo- the Ramsey removed everything. We know that. We learned that already. But again, the, as far as the story goes, I mean, maybe he gets somehow gets to Yara and like sacrifices himself for, I don't know. It, they should have just let him die. Uh, I mean, another character that really doesn't do it for me at this point. I agree. And, and to be honest, they should have given more. They should have taken that scene and the time that they had for that scene, a lot of it to the next scene, which is Sansa and everyone uh, in the Great Hall in, uh, in Winterfell where they put Arya on trial, and then uh, Sansa says, you're on trial for treason and murder. How do you respond, Lord Baelish? And it's just kind of cut to Baelish. And um, I thought that could have been a great scene. I think that was a good scene that could have been great with a little bit more time. And it just kind of had this very abrupt ending where Arya just takes um, the dagger, which I can't remember the name of the dagger, but... Um, it was Littlefinger's little little finger, dagger and kills him with his Littlefinger's dagger that he, that he tried to kill yeah. Bran with in season one. Um, and right there, Baelish is gone. Why? I think the why most, is Bran in that episode? In that scene? Like because what I place, was going to say he's the most important part of that scene. Nobody cares about the sisters because one's an idiot. One can kill somebody. Nobody cares about Littlefinger. He's the most important part because now you're truly seeing. That this three-eye raven can tell the people that need to know the things that happened, the real story, and then you remove the players. Mm-hmm. 
So that's all it was because Littlefinger was, he was completely shocked that essentially Sansa knew all these things and knew the little details. And he was like, how the hell? And obviously we all know that it was the brother, but that, that yeah. was the most important part of that scene. Nobody cares about him dying. Well, Nobody uh, cares that Arya can kill someone. Yeah, it what I think that, is really interesting is what can she do with his face? Like that's the only ooh, that that was the only takeaway. Yeah, like she had to kill him to get his face. That was the only thing I cared about. Do you think she cut it off in front of everyone, or did they ask everyone to evacuate? (laughs) I mean, whatever. But but where could she go with that face? I mean, she could potentially go into. She can go exactly. She can go into King's Landing. In and she can get in front of Cersei with that face. Right. Exactly. She can get anywhere she wants with that face. So um, because he's a snake. Now I knew. I got. Now I know. I blew Steve's mind. Steve's giving me that like, it's wow, really, Joe, wow, that's th- this is honest, this is the best insight. This is better than my uh, chicken uh, breakfast or whatever that you're sitting over there slopping hey, down. Chick Fil A buffalo chicken sauce. Um, <laughs> to be honest, F- FP's point was better. Is that Brand now is a walking, talking BS monitor for anything. Right. I mean, he's he's a, a replay booth. You just check the tape. Somebody <laughs> says something happened 300 years ago. Just check the tape. The for so for so long, he was just downloading, and he was a very boring side story. But now, all that boring side story is actually playing a a really big part in everything. And you, and we we got that from his narration at the end of the at the end of the episode. Right. But right. we got a couple things to talk about. We we got to move a little quickly. But uh, the next scene, Cersei and Jamie. That's a very emotional scene. Jamie is trying to convince her. Uh, he's getting his armies ready. Jamie's the most gullible guy. This guy just just wants to hook up with his sister, okay? Um, and she walks in and says, "Ain't nobody going nowhere. Forget about all that. Uh, you're on's in on it. You're not." And uh, they part ways. Jamie offers to have them out and kill him, and it seems like a genuine offer. And then he rides off uh, as the snow starts falling. They should uh, have killed if they were going to kill Jamie. This is when they should have done it. Like, like again, he's going to die with his honor here, basically after this passionate speech of, okay, if we don't send our armies north and the dead people win, we all die. And if we, like he, and, and if they win, we all die because we turned against them. Like he's making a very logical and sound argument to yeah. someone who has become the Mad Queen. I said this at the first episode of this season, Jamie's going to kill his sister. And now I'm 100% sure of it that Jamie will be the one to slay the Mad Queen, and it's probably going to be when he finds out that it's uh, Theon's kid, not his. J- like, Euron, we are, Euron. Sorry, Euron's kid, not his. And now we are that primed is, for I, a... I, yeah, that would be something. making up plots now. Sorry. Just making but up plots. that would be something to see. Like, we're going to see Jamie and Tyrion now reunited uh, as siblings, that, which is yes. awesome. Um, that is awesome. And Jamie turning on his sister. I mean, this is the last person... That she really, I mean, the mountain still is there, obviously. But um, again, I think it it would have been it would have been really dramatic and really fitting for Jamie to die in this scene. But now that he's moved on and he's going north with the snow falling and all that stuff, I'm a hundred percent sure he's going to kill his sister next season for sure, for sure. But but to to the larger point that I think all three of us have made, what they're sacrificing in good TV, they're sacrificing. Everything that made Game of Thrones so special at the beginning for good TV. Good TV is Jamie and Tyrion meeting up again and forming an alliance and brother reunion, whatever. 
But what made Game of Thrones special is Ned Stark getting his head cut off in episode nine. Yeah. What made Game of Thrones special is the red wedding uh, in season two. What, what made Game of Thrones special is Joffrey, the purple wedding, Joffrey dying. These things made right. Game of Thrones special. The shock. Yes, yesterday was a really, really good TV show. But the beginnings of, of Game of Thrones was not a really, really good TV show. It was something we've never seen before. And so Jamie dying yesterday at the hands of the mountain right in front of Cersei, something we've never seen before. Um, trying to think of another, I, I mean, uh, you know, Jon Snow dying, uh, you know, a couple seasons ago where he got stabbed mm -hmm. by the, 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 the watchers uh, on the wall, something we've never seen before. So, you know, in, in that, it's a little well, bit disappointing. It, it all comes down to, like Joe said, we're ahead of the books, right? So George R. R. Martin kills everyone in the books, doesn't care. This is the story. This is what's going to happen. When you leave it into the hands of Hollywood writers, they're like, oh, it's really hard to have an A-list character kill another A-list character, and, and it's really a difficult thing to do. That's, that's the Hollywood answer. George R.R. R. Martin's like, nope, he's got to die. Boom. Yeah, yeah. What is he care? He's right. fat old guy. He's the author uh, of the book. I mean, yeah, I know. I know. He's just some slob that's just writing books around. Yeah. Um, all right. So last two episodes, last two scenes we got to talk about. Um, Samwell, Winterfell. Huge. Like Joe saying, the time travel. He, he just shows up a <laughs> at Winterfell. And him and Bran are, this is like a meeting of the minds, right? Because neither of these guys have you know, a body that anybody's yearning after. Uh, but this is just a meeting of the minds. Where Bran just reveals, I mean, that replay booth comes back and he just reveals everything. And he reveals, and it's cool that Samwell, I can't remember. Samwell's oh, giving him the missing pieces. But right. Bran goes and checks the tape. Uh, right? I know, I know. But Bran, yeah, yeah, at the, yeah. Bran at the beginning is like, his name shouldn't be Jon Snow, it should be Jon Sand. And Samwell's like, no, no, no. And he's like, yeah, that's what the bastards in Dorne are called. And he's like, no, you're, you're not hearing me. Uh, the scene that nobody cared about a few episodes ago about a annulment yep. and a wedding or whatever. He, and, and you're right. And then Bran goes to the tape and he's like, this revelation develops in real time. Like, you know, and we all knew it was coming. I still thought that part was special. Um, like it was to finally have it all kind of confirmed and have Bran say the words, you know, that John is the heir to the iron. Like he's, right. he is the heir to the throne. Can't, are we going to be able to switch and calling him Aegon Targaryen? I don't know if we can do that. Uh, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> I'm bad with yeah, names I mean, as it is. Is <laughs> he uh, the stepfather of dragons even though it's his aunt? Like, what's going on He's here? smashing his aunt. <laughs> no, well, okay, that, that, that's obviously... Is, the, that a, uh, is that a step up or down from smashing your sister? I, I, I can't... Maybe a step no, no, sideways? No, 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 no. I, I don't know. No, no, no. Hot Aunt Daenerys is a uh, big step. So you have, there's some exceptions in your book. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, they, they, they swap spit there and, and swap <laughs> more than spit. Uh, and they end up hooking up and it's weird. Did anyone else find it weird? I found it weird. So Ant thing. I'm cool with the whole Ant well, thing. Well, Amelia Clark made it very clear that she wasn't going to show her boobies anymore, which is a big right. loss for yeah. all of us. So, yes. Um, can you can yeah, we it was, I mean, it was a little you, awkward. If you if you dive into the the scene that you're watching of them swapping spit it's a, there's a very sudden change where she's kind of in charge on top and all of, all of a sudden 
Jon Snow, he's like, uh, <laughs> nope. He's really dissecting. I'm the king scene. of the north. Yeah. No, but listen, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 nothing happens. How by many times did you watch that scene? Show. The bumping of these. <laughs> <laughs> went right by there's no 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 danny boobies so <laughs> okay well we get what we wanted which is a revelation that of who john is we i guess some people wanted to see him smash his aunt so we get that too we're, we're left with this crazy cliffhanger which we knew was coming but it was nice that it would finally happened and then obviously the last the last scene here is uh um the night king right and we get uh we get tormund AKA and Beric. We think, right? But we get Tormund and Beric up on the top of the wall, again, just at the perfect time when an army seemed to be marching forward. And then here comes, you know, the Icebird. And this is, for me, what ruined... The is that end. what we're calling it, the Icebird? I mean, you can you call it whatever you want. But for me, for me, this is why I was incredibly disappointed with this episode. And frankly, this, I, I don't... I don't know how you fix this now because this is the extreme laziness that I was so terrified of. Like, in theory, what they're saying here is that now that the Night King has a dragon, okay, he can get through the wall, right? He can shoot ice, I guess, at ice and get through the wall. Whatever that, whatever he's shooting out of his mouth, the wall comes down, right? But now it begs the question, and this is what Game of Thrones never does to us. The wall has stood for thousands and millions of years or whatever, and we've heard that so many times. So if John doesn't go north of the stupid wall to get a stupid White Walker, which causes them to lose a dragon, then the wall doesn't come down, which means they can't get through, which means there is no threat to the north. This is where, to me, the, the whole episode got sideways. Lazy, it's, it's super lazy. Consequences. No, because, consequences no, but they had to send John north so that they would lose a dragon. Just like that whole episode of going north is just so that the Night King can get a dragon. That's it. And that that's super lazy. And frankly, why is the wall coming down? Because they're ice shooting at ice. Like the, It just doesn't make sense. It's lazy. And frankly, it was very anticlimactic. It was cool to watch. But, I mean, I was left thinking it's, like... It's because ah. you... What The problem is because is you knew that was coming, right? Like as soon as the dragon switched Turns. eyes, you knew it was coming. And so... For Game of Thrones to end one of their final seasons with something so predictable, you're like, ah, oh, come on, like, let, like, I needed something. Like, you had to give me something like that that nobody was expecting, right? Like, show me Hodor, show me something that nobody was expecting, and don't just give me this this everyone can follow. I mean, the, it, it was weird to see the Night King on the. He looked like he was riding a ride at Chuck E. Cheese. Like, it was, <laughs> it was one of those kind of awkward. Well, yeah, and then. It's it's weird that they made the dead dragon look less real than actual dragon because actual dragons don't exist. But it it looked it looked so so much. Look at that! That's a mic drop right there. You killing them for the for the CGI effects. But 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 come on! Like for for a show that's so whimsical and, and do you guys and agree with me? With do, do you do you agree with me though that this was lazy? This is how the wall comes down. Yeah. It, like it was seven it was seasons of the wall being amazing and the wall, the wall, the I mean, wall, Joe, and it Joe, comes I, down in a second. I, I, I bet the army of the dead could chip away at it. It would take 6,000 years, but they could do it. Who wants to watch? You want to watch three episodes of them chipping away at the wall? And it has to come down. So I don't see the issue. Well, if it I'm is, saying, if Bran is the Night King, you know, if that, that's the working theory here, if he's the Night King, then why did the wall need to come down? 
Like, why does the wall need to come down? The entire army needs to cross because the Night King can't do anything by himself. I think the show messed up by showing us at the end of last episode that they have the dragon, even though we all expected it. They should have not that's shown true. that. Oh, that's a good they point. They should have not shown that. Yeah. And then that's your holy crap moment of this episode, right? But what I've noticed from previous Game of Thrones is episode episode nine, because usually there were 10 episodes in a season. Episode nine was actually always the big reveal, the big OMG, WTF right. kind of moment. And episode 10 was just kind of wrapping up, you know, putting a bow on things. So... It, that that may have held true this time as well. Was that second to last episode was like that big? Here's the dragon game changer. It's true. We didn't get any fight. We got nothing in this episode. We got we got the yeah. advancement of plots, but we didn't get episode we got a lot nine. Of stuff, but not not a lot remember, of action. Season one, Ned Stark died. Episode nine, not episode ten. Uh, the red wedding happened. Episode nine, not episode right. ten. Right. No, you're right. Uh, so. Maybe this is just kind of obviously setting up for next season. We got, what do we got, 18 months? How many games are the Redskins going to lose before Game of Thrones opens up next uh, next time? Only two. I, I've, I've reversed my position from yesterday. <laughs> I think we're going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we've seen plenty to support that. Well, we'll have a different starting quarterback before the start of uh, next Game of Thrones. So, Hey, that's some insight right there. Yeah, you, I, think, I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right, but I okay. The wall's down. We know now where we're picking up next year. Um, you know, it, the 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 enemy to the north is real. They've now crossed into Westeros, and Jamie's on his way north. So, so Jamie's. I, I don't know. Like now, there's a rumor that there's gonna we're gonna get an extra season. Did you guys see that? That they're gonna extend it yet again? No way. I, I think they need to wrap it up here. I think yeah, it's just getting yeah, they, it's they, getting a little sloppy. They got to wrap it up. And the, the thing that's going to happen that's going to that's really going to take over is the Jon Snow and Danny. They're just going to have their rift once he realizes everything. And then everything that's so well made up there, like all the alliances, is just going to come crumbling down because all of a yeah. sudden she's not the, the heir. And that's going to probably give Cersei her chance to to jump right in and take over everything. And then. That's when you get the flash from the Night King on the throne. Like, it's all just going to come crumbling down because... Sansa's going to be a pivotal character next year, too, because she's now in charge of Winterfell, um, which is the... I think yeah, the, she's a lady. Like, she... Lady. Right, with this latest... Uh, assuming Bran is going to tell them all, but let's, uh, you know, letter grade for me for the whole season. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm Well, gonna... let's, do, let's do letter grade and best moment. Okay. Um, letter grade. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go with a hard B for the season. What the hell's a hard B? Hard B. Like it could have been a, a plus and a minus. It could have been B plus. It's a B, a B almost a B plus, almost a B plus. And the uh, the best scene, I think, like the best like thirty seconds of the entire season. Um, it, I think for me, it's 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 Jamie seeing the dragons for the first time. That, that was. It's burned into my mind. Jamie is. There's a, a thing with Joe and Jamie. Okay, there's a little connection. Yeah. That was that was it for me. Maybe I mean there's there's some other moments too, but Jamie getting his first glimpse of the dragons on on the battlefield, um, that was the best. Maybe 15 seconds of the entire season. I'll say uh, for me, I'll give it probably a a, a B minus. Um, 
And Joe obviously took the the, the easy answer. Um, but I'll say for me, it was when they were storming the Lannister's castle and Tyrion is narrating it. And that's when you realize that Tyrion isn't as well-versed in this as Jamie and Cersei, which just shows that like the knowledge that, that those two have will play a big part uh, as opposed to just brute force. Mm. So I thought that was really cool. Wow, all right. Um, he stole my, my, my letter grade. I'm going to go B-. minus. I think the first half of the season was A+. Plus. I think those first three episodes were A+. Plus. I think the second half, was uh, a C minus or a hard C, as Joe likes to say. Uh, you're a hard D <laughs> basketball player, Joe. Okay. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a three and D. I mean, that's what I do. I, I cover the wings and I hit. I hit big shots. Okay, that's what I do. Um, I was gonna make a dirty joke about a hard D, but uh, anyway, <laughs> my favorite scene, uh, my favorite moment, hands down. You guys talk about the Night King and Jamie and Cersei. Neither one of Come us on. not talked about the Night King. Rick. Whatever. I wasn't listening anyway. But my favorite <laughs> is your your on Greyjoy. Is the appearance of your on Greyjoy, okay? And I'll just leave you with finger in the bum. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all left with fingers in the bum for for, for twelve months here? And you... So we started with cocks and we're left with finger in the bum. Exactly. It's perfect we're way all, to wrap it up. The unsullied at this point. But uh, anyway, we've uh, we've I think we've wrapped up everything. We are uh, officially out for Game of Thrones. We'll be uh, make sure you catch us. We'll still be here for the Nats playoff run. Reds can start their season. Uh, so we'll be here covering sports and maybe a little politics as well. So for myself, for Joe, FP, uh, this is uh, DTC, uh, Proud Members of Heroes Media Group. We are out.